0: Daydreaming about dragons. Here's the situation. Uh, A player character sits down with a rival, if not a full-out villain, and plays some sort of game, some sort of strategy game with them, some sort of chess. And you want to know what the outcome of the game is, right? This is something that has happened to me Dozens, if not hundreds of times in my gaming life. And I want to talk about two things that I do to make it really fun. One related to the dice and another related to the setting. And yeah, let's, let's talk about that a bit. And here we go. First, let's, let's start with the setting. Make up something about the board game that you're playing to say something about the world. Usually I call it some sort of chess variant, but you don't have to. Uh, So for example, if one of the players sat down with Strahd von Zarovich in our Ravenloft game on Thursday night, and they were playing chess, I would say, oh, well, this is actually Ravenloft chess. So you start with a group, one group is in the middle, trying to get to the borders, and the other group with the king, or the Dark Lord, as they call it, are around the edges, and you're trying to get to the edges, or as we call those edges on Ravenloft chess, we call them the mist. And if you get to the mist, you're probably gonna get free. But, of course, there are ways for the Dark Lord piece to close the borders if they can get to a certain spot. Okay? So that says something about the setting. The players now know. Maybe they know. Maybe they don't know that dark lords can close, close the borders of their domain. Uh, it just says something cool about the setting. Right? If if a, if, a, if, a player, if a player character was playing chess with a dragon, they would totally be playing dragon chess. And it would be in the middle of the board would be the, the, the dragon's horde. There'd be a dragon piece. Then there would be a bunch of pawns all trying to take things from the, from the dragon and, and get away. And the dragon would be able to swoop and breathe fire. And maybe, maybe if, there are, if the dragon has cool, you know, maybe there are kobold pawn pieces or, or dragonborn pawn, you know, kind of rooks, that type of stuff say something about the setting with the chess. You don't have to design a whole game. Just say how it's different. And if you know other games other than chess, make up a different type of game. You know? That is cool stuff. If if you know some kind of cool cultural game, rock out with it. Now I'm trying to think of what Ravenloft Dreidel would look like. And I can't think of it. But... <laughs> Let me know what kind of games you've got in your settings. Uh, and, and it's a favorite thing of mine to just say, yeah, this is a different type of chess. Here's how it's different. Because it, it's saying something about the, about the culture and the world that you're in. And now let's get to, here's the next situation, which is the dice. What do you do when you say, okay, who wins this game? Do you, do you create a whole board game? Does everyone sit and watch you and the other player play this chess variant that you've just created? Do you sit there for three hours playing chess in live role play? Maybe. Eh, maybe not. Probably not. Here's what I do. One thing you can do is you can roll and see who wins. Okay? Eh. 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 That's one way to do it. Here's another way to do it. Roll to see what or who learns something about the other person. Right? So yes, you play chess with the vampire lord and the vampire lord wins. But you learn something about the vampire lord. You learn that the vampire lord does not take chances but is willing to sacrifice anything. You learn that the vampire lord has thought of all the angles because they've been around for centuries. You learn that the vampire lord, when they get angry, they fly into unreasonable rage and they take stupid chances when they're feeling impassioned. Now, it can flip. You can lose. And then you get to say, okay, what does the vampire lord learn about you? Right? And, and this can have an effect on future roles. This can have an effect on how the vampire reacts to you. This is game-changing stuff all on a roll based on this game. And so this means you can lose, but you can really win. You can lose the chess match, but win the bigger game outside the chess match. And that's where it's at. I don't really care academically who wins and who loses. I care about this other stuff. And I don't necessarily want to sit for hours and method act the whole scene out. Not when I can describe it. You can just describe things in a few minutes. Get it out, get it done. Move on to the next cool ass thing. So that's what I'm thinking about with with this thing that happens so often we sit down and we play a strategy game cool what do i you know what do i learn about this person or do i play it close to the vest is my strategy so tight that they just can't learn anything about me because i'm just pure strategy or do they learn something about me as a person or my character as a person I would love to hear how those scenes play out in your game. Let me know. What, what, what happens when people play games at, at, your, at, your, at your table, but games within the greater game? Do you sit down and actually play the game? I've done that. I've sat and I've played in-character in, in poker, and I've just found it's not a lot of fun for me. Uh, if you've got LARP, bigger LARP experience, hey, maybe you found a way to make it work. I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. Oh man, you know what? There was a really good example of this. They, uh, one of my in a, in a, in a previous game, uh, the, this Hobbit character ended up playing poker with Asmodius. He lost all of his clothes, but would not risk his soul. Good stuff. Anyway. Games within your games, I'd love to hear about them. How do you, how do, you do it? What kind of games do you make? Have you made up any games in-game in world, in-world in games, in your games? Could this be any more meta? I think it could be. Let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Inspiration Goat, what do you have for us this week? <laughs> I'm currently reading a book called Pariah by Anthony Ryan, and it's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm, I'm less than 100 pages done. Uh, it's, it's a first book in a, in a trilogy. It takes a lot for me to read a series that isn't entirely out. So it's grabbed me and I like it. I'm not saying I love it, but I like it. So here's a thing that vexes me about it and what we can learn from that to put in our gaming. The main character that we follow is this kid who is with a bunch of bandits. And they're a teenager, and they're kind of driven by their hormones a lot, and they, they just think a lot about women and having sex with women, and they're just a very hormonal teenager in a lot of ways. There's more to the character than that, thankfully. Otherwise, I think I would have put the book down. But there's a lot of like inner monologue inner thoughts of this horny teenager and what they think about women and how they look. And I just find it tedious. And it's not because I'm, I'm, some of it might be because I'm a 46 year old man and I'm just tired of reading about teenagers. That could totally be it. Could just be, I'm a grumpy old man yelling at clouds. So take this, for what, what it's worth, with a grain, of huge grain of salt, a boulder of salt. Because maybe I'm wrong. I'm a little tired of it. Uh, and, and I was thinking about it. How would I deal with this in game if someone was just playing with uh, you know, this horny teenager? Uh, and I think I would have to talk to them and be like, listen, I'm just tired of this. I'm bored. Um, I probably wouldn't say it like that. Be like, you know what, I'm really not, the, the, this horny teenager thing isn't doing anything for me. Is there another angle we could come at this from? Or is there a way the, the horny teenager thing can, can, can be manifested in a cooler way? Because, the, like, you know, I have to, I, 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 society as a whole uh, over-sexualizes women and thinks of them only in relation to what they look like enough. I don't need it at my gaming table, too. I'm tired, and if I'm tired of it, I can't even imagine what the women at the table are thinking about it. So let's shift it a little bit. Let's find other things for this teenager. Let's, let's have this teenager grow up. Once they're beyond hormones and their hormones die down, what is that going to look like? Or what is true love going to look like? Let's get this character into some true love so that we can get them to think about something greater than just hormones. Because, man, am I tired of it. And that's a delicate conversation to have uh, because it it could come off as criticizing someone's... It is criticizing someone's creative decision. Um, but I, I, so maybe I would phrase it in a much more positive way. Be like, hey, I like what you're doing. What you're saying really resonates. There are a lot of teens like that. However, I see women, you know, uh, as you know, as a gender, uh, oversexualized and judged for their sexuality and judged for their looks enough. I, I kind of don't want to see it so much at the gaming table. Can we shift this character's motivation? Let's, let's think about how we can do that. Because I would like to see this character grow up and grow past it. Mm, that might be how I do it. That might be how I do it. And just have, that, have us n- not just get rid of it, but let's just make it part of the character development that they just, they're done. They're done with this. They, they see that there's more to people than this. And they, they move on with their lives. I think that might be the angle. Definitely. So, yeah. I'm getting old. Getting really old. I think this brings up an interesting question in how do you deal with it? How do we deal with it when a player makes a decision that's a totally viable decision? No one's necessarily getting hurt by this decision, right? But you'd like to move past it and start to move to something else. That's a delicate conversation. Because what I don't want to do is get someone thinking too much about their creative decisions. I want them to just flow. And I want their, what their creative decisions to be and the table's well-being to just be flowing all together. And that's not always the case. And that can be difficult. It can be really difficult but I, I think the conversations have to happen rather than just wincing your way through them. And I know I've fallen down on this. Heck, I've fallen down on this recently. So it's something that I'm still working on after, after three decades of this glorious hobby of ours. So, yeah, how do you deal with those conversations? What do you do when a, 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 a creative decision that someone's making at the table just isn't working for you? And you would just like, it's, you know, sometimes it's a, very often when people are, are pushed in the moment, they fall back on tropes. And, and sometimes tropes can be, they can be sexist, they can be racist, they can be terrible. They can be things we don't want to see at the table, especially with a new group, especially people we don't necessarily trust yet. So yeah, how do you have that discussion? And you know something that I think helps with this. Now that I'm thinking about it, is asking a lot of questions, good questions, about a character's inner dialogue and, and and inner emotional being while you're playing. So the player is thinking about it beyond what they're just playing. They're really thinking about that 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 inner emotional core of the character, and therefore. They've got more to draw from. So when they have to make a big decision, it doesn't just have to come from nowhere. They've got all of these questions and answers and these conversations that you've been having about the character at the table and the way that they've been dealing with them. Questions might be the answer. They just might be the answer. Questions might save us all. All right. I'd love to know how you deal with it. Let me know. Let me know how those conversations go at your table. And what you do when someone's just making decisions that aren't working for you. Let's get to the outro. Thank you for listening to Daydreaming About Dragons. I'm going to list a number of ways that you can support the show. Uh, Feel free to choose any one of them or a number of them uh, or none of them. Thank you for listening. Listening is supporting. So you've already got one down. Check it off. Boom. You've listened to the show. You're listening to the outro. Good on you. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with me. Thank you for allowing me to spend time with you. I appreciate it. First way to support the show is to get on social media and answer one of the questions that I've, I've posed here today about your own gaming and what's going on at your table. Tag me into it at InspirationGoat or email it to me, judd.karlman@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'll say them both again. You can either hit me up on Twitter at Inspiration Goat, answer any of the questions from this episode or, or a previous episode or whatever. And, or you can email me at judd.karlman at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if I can, I'll put that on a reply show, which come out intermittently, uh, unnumbered. Another way to support the show is to leave a review on your podcast, uh, podcatcher app of your choice. iTunes is a really good one, because a lot of people come from iTunes. I've got 19 reviews right now. I'd love to have 50. 50 is respectable. 100, 100 would be dope. So leave a, give me five stars, if you could, if you think that I'm worth it, think this show is worth it. And leave a little, leave, leave, put some words out there, if you could. Let people know what they're getting into when they hit play on a daydreaming about dragons episode. Let them know what you're hoping for and what you end up getting. I'd love that. Thank you. And of course, there is a support with money option. Uh, If that is something that you're interested in, please jump on and do it. I've got about five wonderful supporters right now, and they are giving me a a significant amount of money, which is lovely. Uh, And... I try to put that money back into the world through Patreon. So I try to support up-and-coming game designers on Patreon with that money. That's what I do. That's where I, that's where I roll it at the moment. Thank you so much for listening. I hope your Halloween went well. And I hope that you're, you know, if you're in the Northeast, if you're in this hemisphere with me, I hope you're ready for winter. I hope you're braced. And wherever you are, I hope the, 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 the change of the seasons is going well for you, that everyone in your life is happy. And I hope your gaming is going well. I hope your gaming is constantly surprising in the most delightful way. I hope, and I hope you can share the, some of those surprises with me, because I would love to hear about them. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.